You're listening to Child Care Sights and Sounds, presented by Danny Christine Inc., a podcast made for child care providers by child care providers. So this is not your typical podcast episode. Please extend some grace. <laughs> I know I always ask you for it, but we have just been busy the past couple of months. Uh, so Gigi and I will be back shortly with your regularly scheduled programming. But I figured that this would be a great place to drop the audio version of my latest YouTube video that I published, I believe, yesterday. And the reason being is because there is a limited time grant opportunity offer currently on the table if you are a child care provider or aspiring to be one, more specifically in the state of New York. If you want to open a child care business in New York State specifically, listen to the audio within this podcast if you'd prefer to watch a video version of it, then definitely head over to youtube.com slash Danny Christine. The reason that I'm putting it on both platforms is because the video is long. It's nearly 40 minutes. And I know for me personally, sometimes when I'm consuming longer amounts of content. I would prefer it to be in podcasting form so I can listen to it while I'm driving somewhere. So hopefully this does that for you if you were really looking at that video like, girl, I'm not sitting here watching 40 minutes of a video. This podcast should help put it on while you're driving or washing dishes or in the shower, whatever, (laughs) however you listen to your podcast. Take in this information Again, specifically if you are in New York and thinking about opening a childcare business, you could get grants of up to or over $500,000 if you're opening a center within New York City, Long Island, or Westchester, and amounts that are also large um, if you are opening anywhere else within New York State. There's a lot of stipulations and conditions and things that you need to be aware of. So I really did a lot of research and spent a lot of time breaking it down um, within this video slash podcast episode to make sure that I delivered the information as clearly and concisely as possible. And if you are in need of a private video consultation to clarify anything else in more detail, then please book one with me. You can go to childcaresites.com slash Danny Christine in order to book a private video consultation whenever you need it. Um, And I hope you enjoy. Also, before we get into the episode, it would mean the world to me if you scroll down on this podcast streaming platform page that you're listening on or whatever, just rate this podcast five stars. It really helps with pushing my content out to as many childcare business owners or aspiring childcare business owners as possible. Give me a five-star rating, leave a review if anything I have ever said within this podcast or in this episode specifically after you listen to it, come back 
and leave a review so that you can help me help other people. Thank you so much and share it. (laughs) Enjoy the episode, guys. If you've ever thought about opening a childcare business in the state of New York, this video is for you, especially if you want to do it for free. Hey everyone, if you're new here, my name is Danny Christine. I am a multi-site childcare business owner, consultant, and a digital content creator on childcaresites.com, where you can find resources for childcare professionals such as yourself, whether you are just starting out in the childcare industry or if you've been in it for decades. There are plenty of things for you to use as tools, such as more videos like this, worksheets, webinars, courses, or even private video one-on-one consultations that you can book with me directly. So if any of those things interest you, head on over to childcaresites.com and browse at your leisure. My three center locations, if you're not familiar, are located in New York State. And yesterday we got a really exciting email that the state just announced an opportunity for childcare providers who are seeking to open locations within childcare deserts in the state of New York. If you're familiar with my content, then you may have heard me speak about childcare deserts before if you've ever been in one of my webinars or heard me speak at an event or if you've been in a one-on-one consult with me, I've definitely referenced it or even shown you the website. But if you're not familiar, here's the standard definition. Childcare desert involves not having enough licensed childcare daycare slots to adequately serve the number of children in a geographic area. For this funding opportunity, the geographic area used to measure population is a census tract. An area is defined as childcare desert if there are three or more children under the age of five per available childcare slot in local child daycare centers, family daycare, or group family daycare programs. Although this pandemic has not helped with this issue, even prior to 2020, there were many areas in New York State that lacked adequate availability of quality childcare options for families. And once 2020 came and this global panini hit, the supply decreased drastically. As I mentioned before in previous videos, many were forced to close, some couldn't keep their doors open if they wanted to because staff were scared to work or families were pulling out because they were scared to have their children attend. Um, So just some areas suffered way more than others and became even more deserted than they already were. And as a response to this, New York State has now introduced the Invest in New York Child Care Deserts Grant Opportunity, and I do not see a good reason why you should not take advantage of it. Here's a quick program overview. New York State identified $100 million to build and expand childcare capacity in areas with the least supply. Utilizing funding from the American Rescue Plan Act, Child Care Desert Funding represents an unprecedented opportunity and investment to build capacity and strengthen the state's economy by addressing the issues that impact businesses, including chronic absence, productivity reductions, and turnover due to inadequate options for child care in most needed parts of the state. So what does this mean for you? Honestly, it means you need to get to work. <laughs> 
you need to hurry up. <laughs> the start date for application submissions is April 11th, 2022, and the deadline is May 19th, 2022. So you've got less than four months from the release of this video that I'm making to find a location and start the licensing process and the grant application process. Less than four months. Um, and before I get into how much you could potentially get in funding amounts and what payments could look like, um, a few important things to note from my understanding of what is detailed in the RFA is that this is not for programs that are currently licensed. This is not for programs that are moving from one location to another and keeping the same capacity. Like for example, if you were moving your home daycare because you're moving houses, this is not for that. Um, this is not for programs that are reopening in the same location that have been closed within the past year. So if you decided to close your program six months ago and now you hear about this grant and you're trying to reopen it, this is not for that. Um, and this is not for programs to increase their capacity within the same location. So if you have classrooms closed down or if you want to go from family to group family, I don't believe you can use this grant for that. Um, if you currently have a operating program that is licensed or if you fall into one of the four categories that I just mentioned, that doesn't necessarily mean that you cannot participate in this grant opportunity. You would just need to know that you have to be prepared to expand into a, additional programs. Um, that is the purpose of this grant. It is to create more childcare slots in the state of New York that are in deserts more specifically. Now, I bet you're wondering how much you can get uh, and that really depends on a few things your location your child care program modality the number of licensed slots that you'll have whether or not you'll be doing non-traditional program hours and how many if any infant toddler slots you will have available or what you'll be licensed for the amount of funding that you'll be awarded is based on a two-year term. So let's take a look at these charts that break it all down directly from the RFA itself. This first one outlines what you could receive if you're going to open a program in your home. Uh, this chart shows the differences between what a family daycare could get and what a group family daycare could get. It's important to note that family daycares are usually have a lesser capacity of about seven to nine children, if I'm not mistaken, and group family daycares have a higher capacity of about 12 to 16 children, typically. And as you can see, depending on where you are in the state, um, you'll get a certain dollar amount throughout that two-year term. It's not per year, it's just in total. Within the two years, you will have collected a total of that dollar amount listed next to your location. If you're going to be opening a program in a commercial property, you will either be the modality of group daycare which is not the same as group family daycare. I don't know why it's so confusing, um, but group family is for home daycares and group daycare is for center-based locations, specifically in New York City. Um, or you could be a daycare center, which is center-based locations and commercial properties outside of New York City. Or you could be school-aged childcare, which is center-based locations and commercial properties specifically just for school-aged children in grades K to 12. So this chart outlines that information, what you can get 
for that type of modality in the location. And as you can see, it's different because you will get a dollar amount per slot, meaning per the number of uh, children on your license, not the number of children that are enrolled. Because as you may know, of course, you can have a program that is licensed for a certain number of children, but in order to maximize the uh, space, you might have different shifts of care. So while your license might have 30 kids, maybe you have 45 enrolled because some leave at half day. So this is not for number of kids enrolled, it's per slot. And of course, you can have only up to the cap that is noted there, the maximum award amount of $500,000. You can have a total of $500,000 paid out to you over a two-year term. So if you did the math to divide the maximum amount of money, which is $500,000, per the slots amount, which is $9,000, you could probably guess that you would only be paid for about 55 children. If you start up a program that has a capacity larger than 55 children, then it's fine. You just wouldn't be getting additional $9,000 for those extra slots. Honestly, I was shocked when I saw the numbers because although I knew an investment in childcare was coming, uh, I didn't think it would be coming this quickly and I also definitely didn't think that it would be in amounts this large. For decades, childcare has been overlooked and underfunded, so it's really a nice surprise and well overdue to have an investment like this. But the great thing is that these charts actually didn't show the maximum amounts. Take a look at this. Providers who receive a license for infant toddler capacity will receive an additional $3,000 per infant toddler slot annually. To be eligible for this bonus, providers must provide staffing plan, work schedules, staff qualifications, and staff attendance log documentation to meet the staff-child ratio for the awarded slots. In addition, the program must report on their quarterly report the number of infant toddler enrolled for each quarter of the grant to receive the quarterly payment for providing these slots. And take a look at this. Providers who receive a license and will provide care during non-traditional hours, which is defined as after 7 p.m. until 6 a.m., as well as weekends and the following federal holidays, New Year's Day, Memorial, Independence, Labor, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, or per a New York City night child care program, and who report on their quarterly report the number of youth that they have provided non-traditional hour care for the quarter will receive an additional $3,000 per year per awarded slot. Providers must also provide documentation of fire drills and or shelter in place drills, requests for additional shift of care, staffing plan, work schedules, staff qualifications and staff attendance log documentation to meet the staff child ratio for the awarded slots. So for both of those things, you can earn an additional $3,000 per year per slot that falls into either of those categories. 
that's a potential additional $12,000, really, if you think about it. If you have an infant spot who is coming during non-traditional hours, that's an additional $12,000 for that two-year term. So as you can see, there is an added push for providers who are serving infants and toddlers, as well as families in need of care during those non-traditional hours. If you are awarded a grant, the funds will be split into eight payments over a two-year period. The goal is for you to receive your first payment after being licensed. If my math is correct, you would receive each payment by the close of each quarter. So to give you dates, because I also needed dates, that would be September 30th of this year, December 31st of this year, and then quarterly all of next year, and March and June of 2024 as well, with the final payment being June 30th of 2024. And this is important to reference. Um, there is a note within the RFA that says, if the license is not granted within 120 days, but the applicant is deemed eligible for the grant award, applicants will not be open and operating, which means they may not meet the grant deliverables to receive all eight payments. This is because the grant period ends on June 30th, 2024, and no quarterly payments may be made beyond this date. I believe the 120 days is from your application submission date, which at the latest has to be the RFA's noted deadline of May 19th, 2022. This would mean that your program must be licensed by September, mid-September of 2022, approximately like September 16th, 2022, in order to receive all eight payments. I don't know if this note that I showed just now means that if you're not licensed by then, then maybe you'll get seven payments or you'll get however many payments are left after you finally do get your license or if you just don't get the award anymore. I honestly don't know. I'm not sure if that's clear or maybe I overlooked it. Um, but regardless, that's important to know. You gotta, that's why I'm saying you gotta get moving because you need to find a location and get licensed by September in order to get eight payments of this grant. So what can you use the money for? The allowable uses are outlined in the RFA as well. Here is a little snippet so you can see you can use it for program development costs and short-term program operating expenses, including but not limited to personnel costs, payroll, salaries, similar employee compensation, employee benefits, retirement, educational costs, um, staff expenses accessing COVID-19 for home-based providers expenses, should align with their approved cost allocation methodology, um, training and technical assistance expenses, including professional development, business trainings, and business services. So basically, you can use the funds for all the expenses required, all the essential expenses required for operating a childcare business. Facility costs like your rent or mortgage and payroll alone will take up a majority of these funds. Um, um, especially as a startup. And I want to pause here to point out that unlike 
um, the typical New York child care grant opportunities that we've seen before, like universal pre-K opportunities, Head Start, um, or even the essential worker scholarships that we recently had over the past two years. This grant is not intended to provide relief for families from paying tuition. Keep that in mind. This is not for families to avoid paying tuition. You can still charge tuition from parents, and you really should. This grant is intended for providers to help give them a kickstart to help them start up their program and have the financial support necessary to keep going. That's why this is a two-year term, I suppose. You're likely not going to have a full roster of children for the first few months, and for some, it might even take a year or two in order to build enrollment to full capacity. So this opportunity helps prevent your business from struggling financially or even failing due to poor revenue during your startup process. Now, let's get into the conditions. And don't even pretend, don't act like you didn't think that there would be conditions. There are, I believe, either 12 or 13 different things that are outlined um, I would call them as conditions within the RFA, and I'm going to go through number five to 12 for you. Um, firstly, you need to attest willingness to accept families receiving a child care subsidy, which means that you won't turn away families that are coming to you with a subsidy like from DSS or if you're within New York City from ACS or HRA or something like that. Um, it doesn't mean that it's free for those families. It means that your local social services office will cut you a check if you create a contract with them, which I assume based on this condition, you have to get a contract with ACS or DSS depending on where you're located. You also have to certify that within the first six months of the award, um, you have to develop a sustainability plan for after the award ends, and you will develop that plan in partnership with your child care resource and referral agency, uh, the licensing agency, um, and their regional economic development council and other local and state stakeholders. Now, what does that look like? I don't know, but I can't imagine that it would be something that turns you off from applying for this opportunity. It's really clearly meant to help you make sure that even when the money stops coming in after the two-year period, you will still be open and operating. Because again, the intention of this grant opportunity is to create more childcare slots and eliminate the deserts. You also have to certify that your organization will participate in annual meetings for Invest in New York Child Care awardees, focusing on technical assistance and support for programs, in addition to any regional awardee meetings for the duration of the grant term. Honestly, could that be annoying? Could it be too much to ask? 
maybe um but at least there's that clause in there that it's just for two years you can you can do what you need to do for all this free money for two years go to those meetings you also have to certify that the organization will complete business development trainings within the first year of the award which honestly is not a bad idea especially if this is the first business that you're starting up you don't know what you're doing I, I've been doing this since 2014 and half of the time I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. So having business development meetings forced upon you within that first year is not a bad idea. You also have to certify that the organization will work to coordinate the child care program with any relevant public school district implementing a pre-K program as applicable. So basically, if you open your program in an area where a contract or collaborative agreement with your local school district, or if you're in New York City in the DOE, if pre-k partnership with the school district is available you have to go for it which again doesn't mean that it's a free slot it means that the district is now paying you for the students that come to you from them uh, for that universal pre-k program you also have to certify that your organization will collaborate with the local maternal, infant, and early childhood home visiting program and or actively discuss how the home visiting program could provide professional development or coaching to the child care program. Also, it could only help. Uh, maybe it might be annoying to have to set that up, but Something like that could really help your staff and help your program in general with implementing high quality service. Additionally, you have to certify that the organization will work to serve certain high need populations, such as children experiencing homelessness and or children in foster care as appropriate. So if you have families coming to you that are experiencing these struggles, you cannot turn them away. You cannot be discriminatory, which I think is illegal in general anyway. Um, but honestly, if you do ex get a contract with DSS or ACS to accept childcare subsidies, as I mentioned first, um, you're likely going to have those high need populations coming to you anyway. And lastly, you have to certify that your organization agrees to the work plan deliverables and program requirements. Now, what are those deliverables? I'm sure you're wondering. Well, there's six of them and um, possibly only four if you don't plan on going for the bonus award amounts. Deliverable number one is that you're initially licensed, that your program is open and operating basically. And there are charts within the RFA that I'm looking at and referencing um, that outline exactly what the deliverables are, the criteria for the deliverable, and how it is measured. So for the first one that I already mentioned, which is your program is open and operating, the way that the criteria for that is um, you got your license and you have staff attendance logs and staff plans and uh, work schedules that you're 
you have available. Um, the way that it's measured is that the license is granted. It's very simple. Um, it, there is an important note in here that says programs must stay in active status, which does not include temporary closures due to quarantine or vacation days. So your program must be open and you must have an adequate number of qualified staff, right? Deliverable number two is that your program is in good standing. And in good standing is a licensed childcare program in a payable status that is not the subject of certain enforcement actions by OCFS or the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. So the way that that is measured is that the program's enforcement status will be reviewed during the quarterly recertification process by OCFS staff or a designee. And if you don't already know, OCFS is the licensing agency agency or if you're in New York City then it is like I mentioned New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene and I don't think I mentioned this before but yes as it stated there will be quarterly recertification processes meaning that someone will come to inspect your program and check up on these deliverables before you get paid your next check I assume now deliverable number three is a little bit of a doozy. <laughs> um, you must apply and be actively engaged in Quality Stars and or start with Stars once accepted for participation. So Quality Stars is a quality rating and improvement system for the state of New York or a QRIS. And basically the point of Quality Stars is to improve or maintain high quality childcare programs throughout the state. So engaging with them um, and actively participating is not necessarily a bad thing. It is just a lot of paperwork. To be quite honest, it is, it's a lot. And is it worth it? Yes. <laughs> um, you do have the support of a quality improvement specialist that will be associated with your program and help coach you through making sure that you hit all the requirements and all the marks needed to maintain your uh, participation with Quality Stars and to get a good rating. But um, it does not come easy like you do have to make sure you do what is required and you stay on top of it so i think that is probably the most not hard but not even challenging but tedious like it's just a lot of paperwork um and it's possible and it's absolutely worth it in my opinion deliverable number four is that your staff um, complete training in compliance with OCFS regulations um, and that's a regulation anyway like it says like it's whether you take advantage of this grant or not if you're operating a child care program you must comply with the minimum standards of state regulations and your staff have to complete a certain number of training anyway so I guess this is just emphasizing that like you really if you want to make sure you get your um, earned money, you cannot mess up with your staff training, which again, like I, I don't hate that these are requirements because essentially you can see that not only are they trying to create more child care slots, but they're trying to make sure that the slots that they are creating are in high quality programs that are focused on making sure that the service that they provide is top tier. 
Now, deliverable number five is only if you're going to be operating during non-traditional hours. Um, you would have to make sure that you have staff schedules and attendance logs to prove it and those documentations of fire drills and shelter in place drills um, and uh, your program has to be open and in alignment with the staff to child ratio. It's just basically proving that you are operating during those non-traditional hours. And then the last deliverable is only if you're going to be um, accepting infants and toddlers in your program. You, again, have to have um, staff attendance logs and documentation as well as child enrollment documentation to prove that you do have infants and toddlers in those spots. Um, for home-based providers receiving the infant and toddler bonus, they must commit to filling all awarded bonus slots with infants or toddlers or holding those slots available for infant toddler enrollment. So you can't just say that you have infant and toddler spots and ask for that bonus award amount and then get the money for it and fill it with preschoolers or school age. So keep that in mind. All the screenshots and charts and blurbs shown in this video and that I'm referencing are coming directly from the state licensing website, OCFS's website, where this grant opportunity was published. Um, or it came directly from the RFA itself. The RFA is a 44-page document in itself, not including the supporting materials, charts, links, the child care desert map and whatnot. Um, so check the description of this video for direct links to all these resources. I'm sure you're wondering like what I'm looking at. I'm reading because this is important information that I need you to know. Um, I understand that all of this can be overwhelming, but it appears to be a simple application process to me. And if you're in New York State uh, and need assistance with deciding if this is a good opportunity for you or if you need help understanding the RFA and the program requirements, you can book a private video consultation with me um, and I'll walk you through it. So go to childcaresites.com slash Danny Christine and it will be linked below. The RFA does detail the content of the application even though the application is not open just yet um, and it also includes exactly how each application will be scored. Grants will be scored separately by program type based on the scoring matrix below. That includes whether the program is high, medium, or low level of child care desert census tract, is in a REDC with a medium, high, or low rate of desert, is in an area with a high score on diversity index, serves a high poverty neighborhood as identified by the percentage of families or below 200% of the federal poverty level, um, and there will be bonus points available to programs who propose to serve slots uh, for infants or toddlers or slots providing non-traditional hours. And this chart outlines exactly how many points you could get um, for each item within the scoring matrix. Now, if you're confused about what an REDC is, it stands for Regional Economic Development Council. And the councils are public-private partnerships made up of local experts and stakeholders from business, academia, local government, and non-governmental organizations. And to be honest, I was confused by this myself, um, but I believe that 
whenever um, REDC is referenced, it within the RFA, it kind of just means regions, I assume. Now, remember that this grant is intended to expand the number of childcare slots in areas known as childcare deserts. It's very specific about that. So specific that they created a mapping tool to help you figure out if your proposed location within the state is even eligible under this grant opportunity because you have to score at least 30 points within the scoring matrix that I just mentioned. So if you click the link into the mapping tool, which I'll include in the description of this video as well, you'll see the whole state of New York outlined and separated by the different regions, um, and you'll see different colors that show um, dark brown to light brown and white colors uh, sectioned off in the state. The colors are really just a quick visual to help you determine whether or not it would score decently within the RFA. Um, if you click on a specific area within New York State, you will see the desert level, the REDC desert level, the diversity index, the percentage of family poverty, and you'll also see an estimated base RFA score, which is super important. Remember, this is a competitive process. That's why there is a rubric detailing how much you can earn in the maximum number of points. There's also an important note within the RFA that if there are tie scores among applicants, ties will be resolved by awarding in date time order of application submission. As you can see in this chart, there is a limit to the amount of funding each region can receive per each modality of childcare. By doing simple math, you can get a decent estimate of how many actual programs that dollar amount equals. Take a look at the Long Island region. If all center-based applicants qualify for the maximum funding of $500,000 with no bonus awards, that $6.6 million can only spread across to about 13 programs. 13. Now, how many people do you think are going to apply for this grant opportunity? This is highly competitive. With that information, I would suggest you do your best to make sure you're using the Supply to Childcare Desert Map tool and selecting a location that will earn a high RFA score. To increase your chances even more, you should pay close attention to your region's published list of priorities. And if you're having trouble finding this list or if you need any help at all, you can again book a private video consultation with me by going to childcaresites.com slash Christine. I know I just threw a lot of information at you, but I really want you to be prepared with all the details necessary to get to work right now to find that startup opportunity or that expansion opportunity because you don't have much time. And speaking of time, here is a timeline that you should be aware of. Right now, we of course are in the top of this chart. We are in the issuance of requests for applications and the release of the childcare desert map. Um, over the next few weeks, there will be technical assistance sessions. You can submit questions directly to the state by every Friday at 5 p.m. 
Um, as I mentioned at the start of this video, the application submission start date is April 11th of 2022. And the deadline for everyone to submit their applications is May 19th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time of 2022. And um, you're anticipated to receive a notification of whether or not you were pre-approved for an award by June 15th. And after that, you will receive your uh, award notification upon licensing approval. And um, you can begin using your anticipated award amounts not earlier than the date of your approval letter. It's critical to note that before submitting your application for this grant, you must first begin the licensing process by at least requesting an application after attending a required licensing orientation session. That most likely means that you must have control over a location, whether that's your house, um, a house, or a commercial property for a center. Um, I believe it may be possible to change your address after beginning the licensing process, but I'm not 100% sure about that. So that's why it's important to attend your orientation session and the um, technical assistance sessions. However, it is clearly noted in this RFA that you must submit your request for an application at least, a licensing application, before submitting this grant application. There will be dozens of technical assistance sessions hosted regionally by the local child care resource and referral agencies throughout the state that are scheduled to be held both virtually and in person in some areas throughout the next few weeks. So registration details and contact information for those information sessions will be linked in the description of this video. You got a lot of work to do, so go, go on and get to it. Um, if you need me, I am here to help. If you don't understand something or if you need further clarification or if you'd like me to walk you through the childcare business startup process, I am happy to do it. Please go to childcaresites.com slash Christine and book a private one-on-one -on -one video consultation with me. Um, sending me messages on Facebook or DMing me on Instagram is not the fastest way to get an answer to your question. I'm sorry. Um, but the best way to get fast answers from me for things that I can help with is by booking a private video consultation. Child care business startup is definitely one of my passions. I've been um, really passionate about it for a while, actually. I've opened three centers within the past five years, and the licensing process, believe it or not, just brings me so much joy. So I can't wait to provide as much information as I can, as much guidance as possible to you. Um, thank you so much for watching this video. Click that like button if you enjoyed this video, and don't forget to hit subscribe, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.